Welcome to our sermon podcast. We're continuing to look at the lectionary passage from the Hebrew Bible. And I wasn't sure about this when I got my second look at it when I began to work on the sermon, but I did like where it ended up. This particular passage comes when the people are getting ready to enter the promised land and they must remember their lessons because Moses won't be going with them. They're going to have a new leader and Moses prepares them with the speech in today's reading that comes from the lectionary. We're looking at Deuteronomy chapter 18 verses 15 through 20. I invite you to hear these good words. Moses says, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You shall heed such a prophet. This is what you requested of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, if I hear the voice of the Lord my God any more or ever again see this great fire, I will die. Then the Lord replied to Moses, they are right in what they have said. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their own people. I will put my words in the mouth of the prophet who shall speak to them everything that I command. Anyone who does not heed the words that the prophet shall speak in my name, I myself will hold accountable. But any prophet who speaks in the name of other gods or who presumes to speak in my name a word that I have not commanded the prophet to speak, that prophet shall die. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And let us pray. Gracious God, we give thanks for this word which comes from Moses to a people about to undergo a great change in their lives. They had to move from slavery to wandering and were now about to set down roots for themselves. Let us glean the lessons for where we can find similarity in our lives today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, have you ever had too much change happen too soon? Who hasn't? Especially lately. Normally, we experience lots and lots of change because technology has been advancing at such breakneck speeds. But this year, our changes happened due to the isolation that we've experienced in society at large. And all people, no matter how they feel about it, have felt the impact. Moses was getting ready to move his people into a new phase in their lives. He had lovingly led them out of Egypt and journeyed with them for 40 years in the desert. And now he is preparing them for new leadership. Now, I'm not choosing this passage because I'm about to leave. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere as your pastor. Some of you may be cheering at this news that I'm staying, while others may be thinking, well, dang. In any event, as we look at Moses, he tells them that God will place a prophet like him as their next leader. This prophet's going to have similar qualities as Moses. And so as we think about looking to our own leadership to follow during this crisis, it may be good for us to remind ourselves what kind of qualities Moses had in order to get them to this point. These things are good to know for when we have to lead and for when we have to follow. First, the leadership of Moses called them to risk themselves on behalf of the good of others. And Moses had to learn how to do this. At first, he didn't ask others to lead, and it was killing him. There were too many people. So Jethro, his father-in-law, told him to organize and get others to serve as helpers. Moses had to ask others to lead with him. Of course, this was risky for them, but they stepped up. Moses perceives God's call upon the people to treat the alien among them kindly. Through Exodus, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy, we are reminded to be hospitable to the foreigner, the alien, the immigrant among us. 
we are called to love the stranger because we were once strangers. Jesus later instructs us that when we welcome the stranger, we welcome him. And so Christian leadership invites people to step out on behalf of others. Remember the Titans is a movie based on the true story of a Virginia high school football team's climb to the top. The movie is also about a team's ability, and ultimately an entire town's ability, to deal with racial integration in 1971. Because of government-mandated redistricting, black students and white students for the first time in their lives had to attend the same high school. And early in the movie, Gary, a white athlete, and Julius, a black athlete, display overt racial hostility toward one another. Gary's an all-American football player, and Julius is a star defensive player. At a two-week-long summer camp, Gary and Julius are assigned a room together. When Julius puts a poster on the wall that depicts several black athletes winning Olympic medals, Gary says, I'm not looking at that for two weeks. And Julius responds, well, you better get some x-ray vision, Superman. When Gary attempts to rip the poster off the wall, a brawl ensues between the black and white players. And just when it seems they will never overcome their animosity toward one another, Gary and Julius have a heart-to-heart -heart conversation. Julius confronts Gary regarding Gary's silence when the white team members deliberately miss blocks for the black players. During the next practice, Gary confronts a white player for this behavior. His act of leadership is a catalyst for change for the rest of the team. Initially, their motivation to reconcile appears to be based upon their joint desire to win football games. Later, however, they're motivated by something stronger. After the Titans win the regional championship, Gary is involved in a serious car accident that leaves him paralyzed from the waist down. The entire football team is present at the hospital, but Gary requests to see only Julius. Mustering all the emotional strength he has, Julius walks into the room. A nurse immediately responds, only Ken are allowed in here. And Gary reassures her, it's all right, Alice. Jokingly, he continues, can't you see the family resemblance? He's my brother. There is some laughter, but there is truth to the comment. As Julius stands at Gary's bedside, Gary says, when I first met you, I was scared of you, Julius. I only saw what I was afraid of. Through tears, he confesses, but then I saw I was only hating my brother. Julius asked Gary to step up and lead, and it was risky, but he did it. And the team was the winner. But more importantly, when we step up on behalf of others, we find that blessing comes back to us through the relationships that we develop. The second leadership point I see in Moses is that he is willing to risk himself as a leader on behalf of others. When he came down from the mountain and found the people worshiping the golden calf idol, God was done with them. He's ready to wipe them all out. And so Moses stepped in and talked God out of it. And he put himself at great risk doing so. He was willing to die for these wayward kinfolk. <clears throat> Dr. Evan O'Neill Kane was the chief surgeon of Kane Summit Hospital in New York City and had practiced his specialty for 37 years. He was convinced that general anesthesia was too risky, that people should be operated on with a simple, well-administered local anesthetic so the risk of general anesthesia could be bypassed and he was anxious to prove his theory. Now, the problem was finding a guinea pig that was willing to undergo the knife while conscious. 
All those he talked to, it seemed, were fearful of their bodies waking up during the surgery and feeling the pain of the deep probing scalpel. Finally, he found a subject. Cain had performed several appendectomies, done it thousands of times, so once again it was the same procedure. The patient was prepped and brought to the operating room. The local anesthesia was carefully administered and the surgery began. As always, Cain cut across the right side of the abdomen and went in. He tied off the blood vessels and found the appendix, excised it, and sutured the incision. Remarkably, the patient felt little discomfort. In fact, he was up and about the next afternoon, which is remarkable since this was 1921, when people who had experienced appendectomies were typically kept in the hospital six, seven, or even eight days. It was a milestone in the world of medicine. It was also a display of courage because the patient and the doctor were one and the same. Dr. Kane had operated on himself. Leadership is willing to go first. Finally, leadership helps us through the changes we experience. Moses led his people from slavery to freedom, and this was a large change in their lives. In fact, they even resist it, as whenever they face hardship, they continue to make the claim, we were better off in Egypt. God first warns Moses that this is going to happen in Exodus 13:7. Then I read eight different passages across Exodus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy where the people are faced with some type of hardship and they begin to complain. They're not happy with Moses at all. In fact, in this moment, they would rather select a leader very unlike Moses. Why would you bring us to this calamity, Moses? But like good leaders, Moses reminds them of their identity. He reminds them who saved them in the first place. God will not abandon them. The word remember is used 15 times in Deuteronomy. This is helpful in calling forth their identity. Remember who you are. Remember what God has done for you so far. God will not abandon you. God will see us through this. It's too bad this has no application to our current situation. A man received notice that his son, during his senior year in high school, had failed a course. The father, determined that his son would attend the best college, realized that a failing grade would jeopardize his son's chances to enter a top school. The father's immediate reaction was to blame the teacher for his son's failing grade. Storming into the teacher's classroom, the father proceeded to accuse the teacher of unfairness. He threatened to have the teacher's job if the grade were not changed. The teacher, believing the grade was deserved, would not change the grade, and held his ground. The father left the classroom in a heated rage and headed for the principal's office, where in a torrent he demanded the principal's intervention. The principal, knowing the situation and believing the teacher to be right, stood behind the faculty member and refused to intervene. The father's rage escalated and he began to make threats against the principal. He would go to the school board and have the principal's job. At the height of the tension, there was a brief pause, followed by these words from the principal. Sir, I can see that you love your son very much. At that instant, the anger that had controlled the father melted away and became a shower of tears. A sense of healing had taken place through the principal, who was able to connect with the angry man and offer a word of grace. He reminded the father where the anger was coming from in the first place. Good leadership helps us to adapt to change that comes whether we like it or not. And as we move through this pandemic, I realize I'm no Moses, 
And we are in a very different situation than that of the people of Israel. But we do share one thing in common. We worship the same God. And God who saw them through will see us through as well. God will continue to lift up people to serve after I'm gone, long after I'm gone. And changes will come and go, but faith will endure. I hope you can take this comfort as we move forward together. Amen.